What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, Austin, Del Rio, people up in Tyler, people in the Shy City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. You're tuned in here to the Friday edition of the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producer, Mr. Sands spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. Make sure you continue to visit their website. Check out all their latest CBD products, new products as well, disposables. You shop for the comforts of your own home. And this first segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Tiger Sanitation. Tiger Sanitation. If you're looking for a job, they're always hiring. Great company to work for. Do a lot of stuff for the San Antonio local community and surrounding areas as well. That is Tiger Sanitation, official sponsor of the sports crime. 1-800-707-9760 if you know what you want to talk about. Like always, it's open phone lines. Anything that uh, we talked about on yesterday's show, if you didn't have an opportunity to call, you can parlay that over to today. And anything that we're discussing on the docket today that you want to weigh in and give your opinion on, feel free to do that as well. We just ask you to be patient during the breaks and during the segments, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, if you need to reach out to me via Twitter or follow me on Twitter, it's at SportsGrind. Um, also, don't forget, you can log on to the business page of Sports Grind Entertainment on Facebook if you want to stream the show and leave comments uh, during the show. We can read those accordingly if they're appropriate and they make sense. We'll get to those as well. And also, don't forget, if you ch- uh, miss any of the shows daily, you can always log on to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the daily podcast as well. 1-800-707-9760. What's up, Jonas? Ready to rock and roll. All right, man. Mr. Sams. What's up, fellas? How we doing? Doing all right, man. Ready to close the week strong. In my opinion, kind of went fast this week, you know, coming off the Super Bowl weekend last uh, weekend. So uh, we'll ride it to this weekend and finish the weekend strong. And we've got some things to discuss today. Uh, first off, in the second hour, we'll be joined by Keith Smith. He's uh, writes for CelticsBlog.com. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on uh, the acquisitions of Derek White, uh, what the thoughts of on the streets up in B-Town of Adoko, how they're doing, um, and what their expectations are really going forward in the second half of the season. And he also had an article come out today that basically alluded to that he thought the Spurs were really winners at the trade deadline. So definitely want to get his thoughts for him to elaborate on that. Um, there is other uh, NBA news going on. We're at the break. Right now, it's the all-star break. And, uh, you know, things that I kind of want to discuss was really, you know, what are going to be the goals of this team on East Houston Street down here coming in the second half of the season? And what should they be, really? I mean, going into the second half to finish the season, wherever they chips may lay for them. Um, also, you know, the all-star weekend, it's in Cleveland. Uh, the one question I've had, and we've discussed this over the years in the show, but uh, – the dunk contest. Does anyone really even care about the dunk contest anymore? And and another thing is, is that what is really that? What is left for anybody? <coughs> excuse me. That is a human. Um, what dunk is it left to do that we have not really seen? Because there's only things that humanly possible the body is supposed to do. And we and, and to me, in my opinion, through the dunk contest, we hit a peak right there. Shortly after the Vince Carter situation, which was a long time ago, and then, you know, again, um, my man, um, who's my man, uh, that's with the... Levine brought it back a couple of years ago. Yeah, Eric Levine, Gordon also That's had who it. I was Eric looking Gordon for. Had, had some good runs. Eric Gordon. So my thing is, like, when Eric Gordon, the one he participated in, 
And uh, I know he kind of said he never would participate in another one again. I don't know what the reason for. I guess because he didn't win or he came up runner-up sometimes. But I just feel like it's to the point to where it's like, does it garner that much excitement? And even for the passerby NBA fan, even the diehard fan of NBA, can you even identify, in this today's game, can you even identify who are the real dunkers in this game anyway? You know, um, that's just the thing. I mean, I don't want to be – you know, Debbie Downer, but I'm just figuring like, man, the dunk contest is still there. And I'm just wondering if there's, there's really no excitement in my opinion that from a fan base on the outside, unless you're going there, unless you're going to be in quick and loans arena, there's really not the excitement of unless it's, and it's one of those things too, I think in real time, especially the day of social media and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, like it's one of those events that if something crazy happens or something, then it trends and then it gets eyes to be like, oh, I got to see that dunk or let me tune in now or let me catch the final final two guys. That's just my opinion on it, you know. Um, but I, I don't know how much interest out there is really into the slam dunk contest anymore. Well, I don't even know that it's so much about what you are pushing the barriers or trying to find new dunks, but it's also just the ability to do, to replicate what's already been done before. Because hmm. if you think about like the height of the slam dunk contest there in the 80s and the 90s, we were seeing athleticism in the NBA where it became less about shooting and more about more around the around the rim okay. and the high flying Air Jordan, of course, um, Dominique Wilkins being as great as he was, too. Right. So uh, that was a, a shift in how the game was played. And I think any more more than the slam dunk contest, it's about the three point contest. Hmm. How? What can you do there? It's a skills challenge that they they're running because kind of like the Pro Bowl, where it's just is not taken seriously. I, you could highly doubt that the best dunkers in the game are even taking place in the in the dunk contest anymore. Anyway, True. so it's about how can we make this a little bit more interesting. So you look at things like the NFL Pro Bowl, where you could recycle the longest yard challenge of who can throw a football the long, the furthest or the QB mm. challenge where they're trying to hit the moving targets and get it through hoops and see who can score the most points. And you've got each team has a quarterback and a non-quarterback doing so. Uh, the relay races at the Pro Bowl. So when you look at the, the all-star skills challenge, more interested in that and how that racks up as a team. You go back to the you know 2000s and Spurs fans will look at the the three point shooting contest and the, and the scoring contest with Tim Duncan and David Robinson and Becky Hammond as to mm-hmm. that's probably more exciting than the game itself and even the the slam dunk contest is just kind of old and recycled and we do it because uh, it's tradition. Well, I never thought about it from that angle that you said in regards to the seeing if you could duplicate those dunks that you've seen before. Um, I've never really, you know, looked at it from that angle, but that could be possibly a point of it as well. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what tomorrow night has in store for us. Uh, tonight, you know, you get your celebrity type of games going on um, in regards to the celebrity basketball, which I think has been a decent addition to it um, in regards to that. Uh, but the NBA continued to roll on uh, action last night uh, heading into the break. Uh, the 76ers defeat the Bucks. Um, this is without James coming to the party yet. Um, I definitely thought it was a good note for the 76ers to end and beating a team that they're going, the champs, that they're going to have to get a, over the hump and beat if this is where they want to go in this James Harden trade when he gets in the fold and really gets going. And Bead had like 42 last night and a winning effort. Uh, you know, I think me personally that I think Embiid, he's definitely – 
uh, probably the MVP uh, right now uh, in the league. Uh, if not, he's definitely in the top two, and it's kind of one of those things. I've been in B's biggest critic on these airways over the years for not taking the game serious enough. But you know what? A coach like Doc Rivers, a lot of people might question his X and O's and strategy, and he has a lot of first-round exits on his watch, sweeps, all that. But really when it comes down to getting the best out of your superstars, and especially a guy that hasn't really got over the hump yet, that has a certain reputation, Doc is – Doc is one of those coaches that can get the best out of him. So I think really it's really about the addition of him, you know, going into his second year under Doc Rivers, uh, that he's really shining and having an MVP type. So I thought that was a good way for the 76ers to end uh, going into the in the first half of the season, going to break with a matchup and a W like that against the defending champs in the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, also, keeping moving on other things going on, uh, college news today out of college is about the uh, expansion of the playoff system. Uh, they've come out today and said, hey, look, you know, the format that we're currently under right now is going to be good until 2025. Uh, they haven't committed on any type of particulars into expansion on what that's going to look like. Uh, well, how many teams is that going to be? You know, what's going to be the criteria? And those conversations will come. But this is and I'll go back to when we talked about this. A few months back, um, you know, there's a lot there. There's a lot of shaking and moving that's gone on in the last six months to a year in college football, forcing this issue. And what I mean about certain teams that are leaving conferences, uh, you know, going to the SEC, speaking of UT and Oklahoma, even here in our own backyard with Conference USA, uh, with the UTSA Roadrunners joining a different conference. With, that's a mess, by the way, if anybody's paying attention to that. That's like one of those that, you know, you put in the divorce papers, you filed, you you told her you don't want to be with him and her anymore or him, and they just want to make it miserable for you. They just sitting there like, oh, well, you ain't taking that couch. I bought that. That's my TV anyway. No, my lawyer's going to get to you when he's ready. Like you just refuse to want to know that it's to the end. And I don't want to get into the details of it, but that's kind of what's going on in Conference USA. So back to my original point about this expansion. So what concerns me is that you have a lot of universities, athletic directors, school presidents that have made decisions on listening to their, their, their powers of be, the people they lean on, and the, the financial you know projections and all that, that have made decisions to leave conferences – anticipating that this was a foregone conclusion that there was going to be an expansion in playoffs or, quote-unquote, the superpower conference was coming. Now, I do think that is the case, but it's a slippery slope when you sit there to not only today the announcement is, well, we're doing it. First of all, we ain't doing nothing until after 2025, and they don't even have a plan. If it'd be different to say, hey, we've come into an agreement, we're going to have an expansion of playoffs, this many teams, blah, 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 but we're under the current format of 2025. They've left it out very vague. And per se, in regards like, hey, man, we're good. Stop asking. We're good. 25, we have no solutions or we haven't had anything come across our desk that makes it interesting or feasible, we think, to go to that format. We're still talking. It's a dangerous situation because there's a lot of teams and a lot of, I mean, should say a lot of universities and athletic directors and presidents that have made decisions anticipating like this was going to be in effect in 2024, you know, or 2025, and that's just whether it's been driven by the media, the student body base, what have you. But I do believe that it's a foregone conclusion uh, to eventually get a quote-unquote super conference and expansion 
of teams. And again, I still think it's about weeding out the little sisters of the poor, man. Some of these bottom feeders on these conferences that are not that are operating in the red constantly, that's not making money at football, that's just there and they're not competing. They're never gonna really have a legit shot to win a national championship or even maybe make the playoffs because they're just not winning the recruiting wars. This is all gonna play itself out over the years to come. Also NFL professionals, uh, as the offseason continues to go on, very new. We're not even a week from crowning the champion, but the news steady uh, trickles out uh, about certain things going on in the National Football League. And the story of um, the offseason is going to be, of course, Aaron Rodgers and and what he's going to do. And like I anticipated yesterday, a, a decision would be coming soon from him. He's already released the statements, and he had good conversations uh, with Green Bay um, and that he's going to think about it, and he's going to have a decision here pretty soon. Now, um, the key thing to this is what the Packers did today or yesterday, and that was bringing back Tom Clements, uh, which is going to be the quarterback coach now, the title that he's going to get now in Green Bay. Now, keep him why this is significant, and this lets me know that the powers of Green Bay really feel there's a chance that Aaron could leave. And really, it lets me know they think they're screwed if he does leave. Because Tom is a guy that Aaron has credit to developing him and getting to him where he's at. Now, the truth of it is, if you look at the numbers, Aaron improved under Hackett. And he'll tell you that. That's why he's close with Hackett, the uh, coach that just got hired by the Denver Broncos. He improved under him. Now, this guy, Tom, keep in mind, this is the one that I felt that started the whole disgruntle of Aaron when they decided to let him go and didn't consult with him. This started really the tensions between him and y'all not listening to me. Y'all not having a voice. Y'all not giving me help. You're drafting quarterback, whatever you want to say. It started with Tom when they let go of Tom and he has a close relationship with him. And now all of a sudden he's coming back as a quarterback coach. Okay. That lets me know right now they're, it's a it's a it's a jockey for position on what you're doing for a guy that's basically won back to back MVPs. But Aaron's gonna have to make this decision quick because there's a lot of antennas connected to this, from Devontae Adams to the to the draft or what people are gonna do, the teams that are interested in him. So I thought that was interesting for Green Bay going to hire him. Now speaking of decisions and input, Dak Prescott had a very interesting conversation with USA, USA Today Sports. And he, you know, in a way, he's, he tried to play country dumb and act like he never thought about it. But in a way of the course of the interview, he hinted out there that he, he would like to have more input on personnel decisions. And the question I have for Dallas Cowboy Nation and the panel is, has he earned that? I mean, has he earned the right to have a little bit more say on personnel decisions? Now, the one thing I would tell Dak is like, man, first of all, Stephen Jones, Mike McCarthy, everybody in there, except maybe Will Clay, the brother that's close to Jerry, keeps getting extensions that Jerry ain't let out of that building yet. They barely got input, Dak. I mean, do you realize who you're playing for, the owner you're playing for? Now, this is – but this is one of these situations where guys – I mean, he's going to count for, what, $22, 24000000 million next year uh, on on the cap and the, and the theory, I think, with, with, with Dak somewhere around there. Um, 
this is part of that position and it's part of this new flux of quarterback generation that's here that it's their time. Because keep in mind, we just got we just put Ben out of the party. We told him the lights on, you gotta get out of here. You ain't gotta go, but you gotta get the hell out of here, Ben. See you in Canton. Uh Tom Brady, whether it's temporary or not, he's gone. So the last of the dying breed, and really I put Aaron in different, would probably be Aaron Rodgers. Okay? Unless you're counting something like Ryan Tannehill, but no one's counting Ryan. Sorry. Okay? And I was in Ryan's corner when they had Mario the whole deal, but Ryan, it is what it is. No one's counting that. The point is you've got all these new quarterbacks, and I think the future of the NFL and quarterbacks, especially in the AFC, is in good hands. But this is what they want. This is kind of what their fraternity wants. These are conversations that I feel like they have amongst each other um, in regards to, you know, particularly their situations with their current teams. And I think it's something that they know that it's like, hey, if we play the most important position in all the sports is they, what they tell us. And, and, you know, we sometimes get most of the blame if we don't succeed or our team to make the playoffs. Shouldn't we have more say-so? So my question is, should Dak Prescott, has he earned the right? And don't be a prisoner in the moment with the 49ers game and clock running out. His body of work, has he earned the right to have more input on personnel decisions? 1-800-707-976. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, Mr. Sandspin, the one and twos. We'll be back. Ready for a real cocktail? Introducing new Zing Zang ready-to-drink cocktails in a can. America's number one Bloody Mary mix with vodka. Zing Zang margaritas, tequila included. And whiskey sours with real Kentucky bourbon. Ready for no one to have to bartend. Real cocktails, real ingredients, really good. New Zing Zang full-strength canned cocktails. Legendary taste, legendary day. Always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. If you've been accused of a crime, you need trusted and aggressive representation. You need the LaHood Norton Law Group. Over 80 years of combined experience handling both federal and state cases. All of their lawyers are former high-level prosecutors who know the justice system from all sides. For a free consultation, 210-797-7700 or LaHoodNorton.com. Principal Office San Antonio, the LaHood Norton Law Group. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, Mr. Sands for the one and twos on this R&B Friday. 1-800-707-9760. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Way to Grow. Way to Grow is a full-service landscaping company that can handle all your residential or commercial needs. That is Way to Grow, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Um, but anyway, so Dak has put it out there, um, you know, pretty much saying that he feels that he should have a little bit more input on, you know, say so personnel. I would say, okay. I mean, I think he's earned it to a certain extent, you know, I just think in the organization and the owner he's played for and the way it's structured, that's not traditional. So I don't know how that's going to work for him over there for that much, for that point. You know, I mean, they've never had a history of really that, um, you know, even going back to the days in the 90s. I mean, it's just I, I get where Dak's saying and what he's talking about. But again, I would sit there and say, you know, hold off, you know, proceed with caution to a certain extent. Well, another thing, too, when you as a player 
try to take on more responsibility. This is kind of like when a head coach asks for GM power too. Mm-hmm. Then you start to be, you know, um, evaluated on more than just your job because you're taking because it could be how you're impacting the the plays on offense. Coordinators are saying, "No, that one was Dak. Dak made that call." And then it puts into question whether you are deserving to even just remain on the team because of how much power you do have at that time. This is what Bill O'Brien, I liked I liked Bill O'Brien as a head coach because he could he could put his team in winning positions. I think what 3 years straight of of winning the AFC South. Mm-hmm. But when it was the GM side and he allowed his relationships with how he pl- called plays the, how players interacted with him, and that allowed him that, that impacted his decisions in the front office. It went downhill. So what? Prescott, same thing with the coaches and the coordinators. If then he takes on more power with more say in the offense and how how you know what players they bring in stuff like that, he's not just being evaluated for how he plays uh, the sixty minutes. I kind of see what you're saying. I mean, I think Bill O'Brien was forced into the GM situation because of Smith uh, that was a long time there. All of a sudden, you know, wasn't there anymore. There was always conflicting reports of why he left his tenure at the Texans. You know, his wife was supposed to battle cancer and, you know, this. I I think, Dak, again, when you you hear a quarterback that says they want more input of personnel decisions, I think it really comes down to what they're really meaning is like before – if X players decided to be let go or traded or somebody that fits on my side of the ball, a skill position or something, I would like to be informed to let know, like, hey, what do you think about this, this, and this? I don't think that quarterbacks don't necessarily mean like they want to be in the war room on draft day in April. I just feel like it means like if it's a player that you're thinking about, like, hey, we're not going to extend him or we could trade them. And if it's on my side of the ball, I think that's kind of really what these quarterbacks are talking about in the personnel to that. I don't think necessarily they mean that they want to be in control of who gets drafted or this and that. It's just more guys that they got, you know, build rapport with, that that got chemistry with, you know, especially like whether the receiver position, a lineman or something like that. I think that's kind of what Dak, but if you go back and read the article in USA Today, I mean, if you go look at it, he was kind of, he didn't go into this interview with getting that off his chest. It was put to him and you could tell in, in a genuine response in real time, he has had some thought, but he never really had thought about it. But now that he plays like, yeah, you know what? I would like to have that. And to me, that's why I said it's a hint. He put out a hint out there. But now that he's thinking about it, that's there. But I just think he's it's barking up the wrong tree uh, with them. Um, speaking of um, football and the champs, a couple things. You know, Aaron Donald uh, had spoke to TMZ Sports. I guess they caught him out and about. And Aaron Donald's like, yeah, man, I'll probably be back. But we, we're going to wait because I got two, uh, two stipulations on two conditions. I'll come back. And one of them was, he goes, they've got to bring back Vaughn and they've got to bring back uh, Odell Beckham. And then we can move on. Um, I think Aaron Donald's going to come back anyway. I, I think, uh, you know, Vaughn Miller, I mean, if you give up a second round for him and, and pay, you know, Odell, you give those drafts. I, I would anticipate Snead would want to bring both of them back anyway, and I think they would want to come back. Now, Odell's situation is going to be very interesting because, again, he's going to be coming off of – another procedure, another surgery, and he's going to have to wait till he's time to go. You know, the only positive thing, if you're a Rams fan out there, is the fact that you're going to be getting Woods back 
would probably be ready to go by the beginning of the season or at least the first month of the season. You probably, I, I would anticipate Odell probably wouldn't be back until probably at the halfway point of the season or maybe a little bit longer because they're going to take their time with that considering this is the second or third time he's been cut on in that knee. But I didn't need to hear that from Aaron Donald. I mean, I get it. You know, he's, he's, feeling, he's finally a champion. He wants, to, he wants to pull his weight. Again, we're just in a time where players want to have some control or know that they can't, you just can't sit here and put me as I'm just another number, another piece of a pog, and you can just do whatever you want to do. That's kind of what this outcry and is about. And I'm still waiting here to hear come across a ticker that all of a sudden Aaron Donald's complaining because he got a random drug test. You know, because my thing is like, they've been on this kick late in the NFL, but hell, if you're going to go to a parade like that with your shirt off like that, I wouldn't be surprised if you get somebody show up at the door, knock, knock. You know, who's there? 1-800-707-9760. Also in the sports world, too, as well, too, uh, Tire Woods, golf, okay? Uh, you know, we're in the middle of a tournament, uh, no, that's going on this weekend, but Tiger Woods has broke his silence. You know, next week we're almost on the year mark of his car crash. Uh, that was almost fatal, but Tiger kind of opened up and said, yeah, he has plans uh, to get back on a course, but – he admitted that he's growing frustrated with the progress of of his rehab and the healing process. And to me, I think this is, you know, Tiger is is used to accustomed to most of his career and all of his career. Uh, he's gone through some he's gone through back surgery. He's gone through an AC tell, ACL tell herself. Um, he's gone through everything. And I think he's used to having. You know, that mental mindset and his process to put it forward to get back to do it. But I think what Tiger is frustrating coming from, my opinion, nothing said like this, but I think what he's dealing with is that not just about really in a – because you think about it, it's only a year in a crash like that and how many operations that he had, even that crash. But I think it's also him going frustrated because as your body gets older and you get older, you do not respond to surgeries and just – your body doesn't respond to physical activity and getting the results that you might want too quickly. And I think that's what you're hearing from Tiger. Now, um, it's a positive that he wants to get back. Cause to me, I remember this time last year, you know, pretty much a week away, a few days away from that anniversary. I remember coming in here and saying that I don't think he probably would have the motivation to go ahead and even play again to try to get back out there competitively because competitively, because he had a near death experience. Okay. I never had one of those, thought I was going to have one of those. Probably not close, nothing on the record, but I'm pretty sure if I did, it would change even my thought process of how I view life. They always, if you ever talk to anybody that's had one of those, they'll tell you they're a different person. Either way, either way. And so I think that's what Tiger is struggling with. And then also the other thing around that situation is that considering he's still one of the big names, you know, we talked about a little bit about a week ago or two, this whole other tour over Europe that's trying to gain some speed, Lefty, a.k.a. Phil, has kind of endorsed this. And, hey, I forgot another one that he's got on board. But in this recent week, like Kepka, and I forgot who else, they kind of pushed back, say, hey, we're good. We don't have any, uh, you know, intentions of joining this new tour. I know Tiger has basically spoke on that. He's kind of committed still to the PJ. So this is one of those things as we get ready here pretty soon to roll up to Augusta and the Masters. Um, I think this is something that's going to get more attention, um, you know, in regards to trying to have this other league form over, over broad 
that's going to really compete with the PGA. And again, all guys like Phil and some of these guys that are entertaining this, they just want more control as well. They want more control from the PGA. They want the control of their likeness. Like I said last week or a week ago when we talked about this, I had you know Phil sitting there and saying, hey, when I go play these made-for-TV events that are on TNT or TBS or whoever's going to put them on, I've got to pay the PGA money just to get the rights to my footage, to my swings, when they make all that kind of money. Now, that just comes from really that I think golf, I don't know if they've ever really had a union. You know, I mean, golfers are kind of usually, I think, are considered independent contractors who are pretty much, you know, their own kind of entity as they get qualified for the tour card and all that. But I think this is, again, another one of these things that will heat up as close as we get into the 2022 golf season about this whole other league forming because you, I mean, Phil's a big name, even though he's to the end of his career, there's a couple other guys that are on, uh, that's on board with them. But then you have a good chunk of guys that are not seeing that there, you know, it's kind of one of those, you know, Hey, we're PGA. This is this. It could be one of those things that could have their Calvin hat on. Like, Hey man, this is, well, we're in America, man. Why are we going to go here? I mean, we, we bust ass to try to give them the business, the rider cut. Why do we want to take our, uh, you know, our talents over the Europeans, but I think they in the Europe, but I think it just comes back to where they want the PGA uh, to come off of some of these, you know, kind of control rules of where they don't control their likeness, the money, the person that they've got to pay. I mean, because I, I think that's crazy to have to pay the PGA just to go on to a, whether it be a charity event or made for TV, million dollar up for grabs or two, all these things that we've had over the last few years. I just think that's crazy and absurd to have to deal with that. And I had no idea until Lefty um, kind of brought that up. 1-800-707-9760. But bringing it back full circle, okay, um, as we'll be joined by Keith Smith here pretty soon of uh, CelticsBlog.com. Uh, the Spurs, I'm going to ask you, Mr. Project Spurs, Mr. Spin Doctor, um, we will be coming off the break um, next week in the NBA what what really what really should be the goals for this spur team going in into the second half of the season in your opinion i mean it really depends on what everybody wants i i i would still like to see the team contend you're sitting there at 11 two spots behind uh two games behind the trailblazers lakers are crumbling apart clippers are cl- crumbling apart so you might be able to swing into one of those play-in spots because I don't think there's any val- real value in losing, especially when you come into the fact that you've got those three first-round picks. So even if you don't get something that, that you're kind of you know, like, well, you're up there, I still think you could trade higher. But I still go back to the model of the Phoenix Suns to show that this is a young team, that you have some kind of cohesion and going out there. But I, I can see entirely the, this backstretch of the season, you're going to pop is going to run his best lineups for the next month. He's going to, this is what he's going to be projecting for, for next year. And then he's going to shut it down slowly start shutting down DeJounte pulling Keldon out of games because this is then at audition time for guys like Trey Jones. Can you be our number to our backup point guard of the future? What can you provide outside of your assist game? Can you be, can you become a reliable scorer with the ball in your hand? Um, Lonnie Walker. Lonnie is having a great stretch right now. San Antonio, I'm sure y'all are loving it. Um, but he's got to show that he can consistently provide that 
and not just in spurts, not just in, in small moments, but can you be that guy for the rest of the year? Can you be a number one option? Because I said a couple of years ago, I could see him as, as the Spurs six man because of the defense he provides. I don't think he fits in the starting starting uh, rotation just because he's too versatile. DeJounte needs to be the one in control of the first unit. I think Lonnie could be that guy. And I want to see him uh, take over the first unit when they shut DeJounte down. Well, I, I've told you this before off air. I mean, in my opinion, the age of this team, um, the average age of this team, uh, considering where this franchise is at right now, when we talk about getting in the business of shutting players down, I will tell you, and even I proceed with caution a little bit with him, but the only guy that needs to be shut down in the second half, if that, and I don't even know if I'm 100% down with that, and that is DeJounte Murray. No one else, not Keldon, not Vassell, no one else has earned that right on this team. And and because at the end of the day, the, the more games and the more live action that this young group together gets, the more it's going to pay off, the beneficial is going to pay off. Like I said, DeJounte's the only one that I would even continue. And if it's DeJounte, then we got to be maybe, I would say at most, with about maybe two weeks left in the season. And that's it. Why would you push it that far? And I, I, I understand. Why wouldn't we? Because How old is DeJounte? 25. Okay, he is 25 years old. He, they have not made the playoffs except one year. I think what one year he didn't even play. The last time when they lost to the Nuggets in the first round as an AC. That's AC. They're, they're, yeah. they're not playing extended minutes into the postseason. He's young, and the continuity. Even though he's proven that he has All Star capabilities and he's worthy. At the end of the day, the continuity with these young guys together on the court to get back to where, like you said a while ago, that they are legit contending for playoff spots and seedings. I think anything like that is crazy. I mean, this. I mean, we are. He already lost a year because of injury. Right. Really, a year, year and a half of injury in his young career. But we're talking twenty five years old. I'm not seeing Dejounte. I don't, I don't want to see Dejounte shut down until at the earliest. Until we got like maybe two weeks left of the season, and they're all the way out of it. You know, Matt or whatever. But I don't. I don't think it needs to be. Well, what's your definition shut down? Like, when do you? When are you thinking about? You would want him shut down. I, I would again. I, I would say in about a month, shut him down because he. And I, and I think Keldon and maybe even Devin Vassell are too important to next year. It's not about this year. This year's done. It's a wash. You're not going to contend this year. But you have the picks. You can go get young guys. You can maybe work the free agency market. We'll see. But it's not. It's about making sure DJ is there for next year. Okay. Well, we'll we'll, we'll revisit that after we uh, talk to uh, Keith Smith coming from CelticsBlog.com. We get back. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. We'll be back.